are here to remember God's plan. That he left his throne. And on a silent night in a dirty manger, he changed everything. We are here because Christmas means God deeply loves us and provided a way for us to be with him. We are here because the great gift of hope, of joy, of peace, and of love was given to us. That's why we celebrate. That's why we sing. That's why we are here. Right. Good morning, folks. It is good to see you in church today. What a great song that was. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel. Emmanuel literally means God is with us. And so rejoice, rejoice, because God is with us. I'm Stephen Dickinson, the lead pastor around here. I have the honor and privilege of bringing you the message today. Before we dive into it, let's pray. God, we are grateful for this moment right now. And during this uh, third week of Advent, let us remember that the good news of Jesus' birth has the power to bring us great joy this Christmas season. And our joy isn't dependent on what's going on in our life or around the world or the people that we're with. It doesn't depend on the gifts that we give or even the ones we receive. No earthly thing can ever give us complete joy. Our joy comes from you. It's the joy that flooded the hearts of the shepherds and the angels, the wise men, the, the host of heaven and, and Mary and Joseph. That's the joy that, that still has the power to make us want to sing. But not everybody knows this kind of joy. And so we pray for those that are in situations right now where joy is hard to find. That life is, is beating them up and the world is knocking them down. Allow them to experience your joy that comes from a place other than this place. God, we praise you today for your church and all of its diversity. Help us to realize that it's our differences that make us strong and that our strength is found in you alone. We thank you for Change Point and Pastor Brian. Just bless their ministry and anoint his leadership. God, continue to work in and through this congregation that we call the vine. May we be found repentant and, and humble and full of grace and mercy. May our lives be a reflection of your glory on earth. God, this morning I ask that you get me out of your way so that your word can be heard instead of mine. Now, God, just hear us collectively as we pray the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples when he said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. So we've been... Um, We've been talking about the season of Advent for the last uh, four uh, for the last several weeks. Advent's this four week of, of preparation and anticipation of, of two things. One is Jesus's first arrival, and then the second one is Jesus's coming, his second arrival. So the last couple of weeks we've talked about 
uh, when Jesus comes back and makes all things new. That, that process of reversing the effects of sin and recreating heaven and earth. And, and while that is going to be a grand and glorious day off in the future, uh, we're going to turn our attention today to the manger. Because most people really aren't concerned about someday off in the future. They're mostly concerned about today, right here, right now, right? Just trying to get through life. We're all trying to do that. We're trying to raise our kids to be kind. We, we want our teenagers uh, to make good decisions and to be productive. We're trying to hold our marriages together and keep our jobs. We're, we're trying to, to plan and save for the future so that we don't have to keep those jobs forever. Uh, we're trying to meet expectations and deadlines. We're trying to eat right and exercise and be healthy. I mean, the list goes on and on, and it's different for, for everybody. But in the midst of our daily routines, we want something more out of life. We want less conflict and more peace. We want less stress and more joy. We need Jesus to show up and to give us a new perspective on our situations and on life in general. We need an encounter with Christ. Our scripture reading for today gives us an idea of, of what the presence of Jesus can do in our lives. And so just to give you a little context, a little history leading up to, to our reading, Mary has just found out that she is pregnant by the power of the Holy Spirit with Jesus. She travels from Nazareth to the area of Judea where a relative by the name of Elizabeth is living. And Elizabeth is also pregnant. Her child, we now know, is John the Baptist. Um, we're not told why Mary goes to see Elizabeth, but we can speculate. You know, maybe she was just going to, uh, to see Elizabeth, spend some time with her in her final stages of pregnancy and help out so that Elizabeth would return the favor to Mary in a few months. Maybe she just wanted to be with a family member who was experiencing the same thing, and they could go through this process together. Or perhaps, and this is probably more likely, Mary had to get out of town because she is uh, about to start showing, right? She's not married. She's young. To minimize the disgrace and the gossip, the scandal, she left town. Whatever the reason, it didn't change God's plan for her life. It didn't change God's plan for the world. Mary was carrying the good news. So we pick up in the gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verse 39. At that time, Mary got ready. She hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? And as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. And Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. It's not all that strange that two ladies were pregnant at the same time. 
It is a little strange, though, that one was barren and well beyond childbearing years, that was Elizabeth, and the other was a virgin, that was Mary. There are some scholars today and some many skeptics of Christianity, Christianity that have a hard time believing this story because it just really doesn't make any sense. I mean, philosophically speaking, physiologically speaking, it's impossible for this to happen, right? But you and I have a different understanding of this story. Due to the fact that, that it doesn't make any sense and because it's out of this world, that's one of the reasons that I believe it. I've learned that that's just how God works. Things aren't logical in the kingdom of God. Things that are humanly impossible occur on a daily basis when God is involved. And so, so for me, it's not a matter of logic, it's a matter of faith. The Advent season that we're celebrating now is really all about the fact that Jesus is coming. He's coming into the world. He's coming into our lives. And, and I know that you know that, but there are thousands of people out there that don't know that. There, there are people that have never been told about the good news of Jesus. No one has ever shared with them that he offers forgiveness. They don't know that he has the power to change their life and give them hope. They've never experienced his peace, and they don't know that life can have meaning and purpose apart from what the world has to offer. Sometimes we just assume that everybody understands the deeper meaning of Christmas, but I think we might be shocked if we really knew the number of people that have never heard about the power of Jesus' presence and the impact that it can have. His presence has been making an impact in people's lives ever since his inception. Mary goes to see Elizabeth, she walks into the room, and the baby inside of Elizabeth leaps for joy. That was probably the moment that John the Baptist receives the Holy Spirit, as the angel had promised. So even before his birth, John rejoices in Jesus Christ, just as he did all throughout his earthly ministry as he was introducing the Messiah to the Jewish nation and a waiting world. And for those of you that have grown up in church, uh, maybe even if you didn't grow up in church, you're sort of familiar with the story because it's part of kind of this whole Christmas narrative. But I, listen, I want us to think about it in a different way this year. As the people of God, as image bearers to the world, as carriers of Christ, as messengers of the good news, what do people do when they're in your presence? Do they gripe and complain? Or do they laugh and rejoice? Do they gossip and cause division? Or do they seek peace and reconciliation? Do they try to avoid you or do they enjoy being around you? Because how people respond to you may be an indication of the level of Jesus that you are presenting to them. Mary and Elizabeth, they had been given a promise of what God wanted to do through their life. Even though they were either too young or they were too old or too poor or not married or unable to have children or they didn't appear to be likely candidates for God's purposes and they sure didn't seem to be Holy Spirit worthy. 
But don't let the outward appearance or, or what seems to be faulty characteristics fool you. God can and God does use the most unlikely sources for miracles. And generally speaking, we usually think of ourselves as unlikely sources for miracles because the world has blinded us from seeing our full potential in Christ. The school of hard knocks has a way of turning our lofty goals and our great expectations upside down and dashing our dreams into a million pieces. But every person in your life, including you, is full of Holy Spirit potential and possibilities. Mary simply enters into a room, says hello, and the baby inside Elizabeth starts jumping for joy. And it's not because Mary is special or beautiful. It's not because Mary has said something profound. It is simply because Mary was carrying Jesus, and Jesus brings joy wherever he goes. When the presence of Jesus comes into our lives by the power of the Holy Spirit, he doesn't just come to sit around and wait for us to need something asking for it. He comes to change things. He comes to take over, to consume your heart and fuel your life. He comes to drown out all of the death and the darkness and fill you with hope, light, and joy. When Jesus comes into your life, he starts to show up in your thoughts, and then your thoughts become words and your words become actions and your actions become habits and then those habits they shape your character and as ambassadors of Christ as representatives right as carriers of the good news every atmosphere that you step into every encounter that you experience it should change for the better every time you get around people the possibility inside of them should jump for joy Listen, many of you guys are going to be entering into situations over the next couple of weeks that can be challenging, perhaps even a little dysfunctional. Whether it's a, a party where there's an overabundance of alcohol and you're trying to stop drinking, or a room full of people celebrating Christmas and you know that some of them don't even believe in Jesus. It's just a good time to have a party and get out of school or work. It could be that you've got to spend some time with some in-laws that you really don't get along with this year. Or maybe you're going to be entering into an environment that is completely unfamiliar to you. And you can't even anticipate what that might look like or, or what you're going to encounter when you get there. But listen, there is power in your presence that gives you the confidence to enter the room and influence the situation because you bring good news and that generates great joy. You see, with, without Christ, you and I, we're really not much of anything. But in Christ... You're something special. In Christ, you are fastly secured to the finished work of Jesus Christ. You are a walking, talking, living, breathing representation of the image of God. And as such, you can make an impact in that room, wherever you go. As you carry Christ forward into whatever situation comes your way, you can be sure that his presence, not yours, it's going to have a positive impact on any situation. It's the carriers of Christ. That's you, by the way. The church. It's the carriers of Christ in this world that are lifting people's spirits, that are shining light in the darkness, that are offering hope in what seems to be hopeless situations. We have the honor and the privilege of announcing good news to the world. 
just like the angel did on that first Christmas day when he told the shepherd, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. And that word joy or joyful or rejoice, it appears over 6,000 times in the Bible. I mean, clearly joy plays a significant role in God's people. We don't think about it very much in these terms for whatever reason, but Jesus' entire ministry exemplified joy. He described himself as a bridegroom enjoying a wedding feast. His enemies accused him of being too joyful on several occasions. He rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and promised to give his disciples a lifetime supply of it. Jesus' followers were Arrested, they were beaten for preaching in Jesus' name. And yet in Acts 5.41, it says, The apostles left the Sanhedrin, in other words, they left court after being beaten, rejoicing, rejoicing, because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name, the name of Jesus. Jesus brings joy. Good news generates joy. And sometimes we get caught up in the busyness of life and we forget how blessed we are. And and the only thing that does, though, it it robs us of the joy that Christ is trying to give us. And Leela, my wife, she meets with college students every single day and and to talk about uh, planning out their future, right? And, And listen, these kids at these age, they are dealing with a lot of stuff, a lot of pressure. Financial pressure and peer pressure and parent pressure and uncertainty about the future pressure. And Leela's number one advice is simply, listen, don't let all of that stuff steal your joy. You know, because that's what happens. Happens to us all the time. We, we let the world hijack our joy. And, and sometimes we just need reminding that the gift of Jesus is so much bigger than our worry and our stress and the problems we may be dealing with. Even Mary was a little overwhelmed with with life and the circumstances that were were unfolding before her. And so Elizabeth had to kind of remind her she was blessed because of Jesus. I mean, think about it. Mary was, she was young and she wasn't married and she was pregnant and she had left her immediate family, traveled to another town to be with some extended family. She doesn't know what the future holds. I'm sure she had questions and she had doubts and she had fear. We know she had fear. That's why the angel, when he appeared to her, said, started off with, listen, don't be afraid, right? So Elizabeth says, blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises. She's saying, listen, Mary, you're, you're blessed. And perhaps that's just a simple statement that Mary needed really to, to hear at that particular moment because she responds with, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. And then she burst into a song of joy. It's called the Magnificat. So, so Mary's response to what God was doing in her life was to sing out and let the whole world know about it. What's your response to what God is doing in your life? Do the people that you come in contact with know that Christ is working in your life? Do do they see joy in you and then experience joy because of you? Is there good news coming out of you? 
You see, God in, intends for us to set the tone or, or to change the environment, to, to alter the atmosphere wherever we are. And we change it according to the Word of God. I mean, he's already told us what the temperature needs to be. It's supposed to be an environment of, of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. The, the joy of the Lord, it may be hard to explain to somebody who's never experienced it, but, but for those of us who have placed our faith in Jesus Christ, the joy of the Lord should come as naturally as fruit being produced on a vine. See how I'm working that in? I did not want that to go over you. As we abide in Christ, the true vine, then we, the branches, we, we are full of his strength and his vitality and his spirit so that the fruit that we're producing, including joy, is clearly coming from Jesus Christ. The implications of living with the joy of the Lord are, are far-reaching, and they're beyond anything we could ever conceive as being possible. And since the presence of Christ has power, and we're told in Romans that that power lives in us, then we have the opportunity and the responsibility to make Christ known to the world. The Apostle Paul tells the congregation in Philippi, he says, God, you've got rejoice in the Lord always. He says, I'll say it again, rejoice. Perhaps he knew they needed reminding. And there's a lot of scriptures that describe why we should rejoice and why we should be a joyful people. But I think Peter really summarizes it best. And this is just what I'm going to leave you with. We're going to close with this. This is 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 9. He writes, Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him. And you're filled with an inexpressible, glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Friends, that is the reason we have joy. Let's pray. God, we thank you. We thank you for the gift of salvation. Not just someday off in the future, but, but what you are doing right now in our lives to transform us into a new creation. That is indeed good news. And you have given us the awesome privilege of spreading the news that a Savior has come. And God, we want nothing more than to glorify you. So, so give us the desire and the boldness and the courage to make your mission our mission. And to put you first instead of ourselves. God, fill us with joy, just overflowing joy. 
so that we may experience your kingdom and spread the gospel. We ask this in the name of the one who redeems, the one who saves. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Guys, we've got one more song this morning. Um, we'll be standing as we sing. Maybe, maybe God has spoken to you today, laid something on your heart. Maybe this season uh, that we call the Christmas season has just become so busy uh, that it's robbing you of your joy, that you're kind of losing sight of what it's all about. It happens. And so maybe today you just use this as an opportunity to kind of recenter and to refocus and to remember that you don't have to buy expensive gifts and, and you don't have to do everything on your checklist and the house doesn't have to be spotless for people coming over. It's not about any of that. This is, this is about salvation has come, right? Man, how glorious. We, we need to be out there in the community just rejoicing and not fighting over gifts and breaking line and you know, everything else the world is doing. You got that in your mind. You see it when you go out there. Do something different. Be light in darkness. Let's be standing as we sing this last song. I'll be up here. Jared will be up here. Jamie will be up here. If you want to pray with one of us, or maybe you just want to pray right here at the table.